Welcome to Is There Kale in My Teeth, the podcast. I'm your host, Rifki Rubinowitz, an interior design trained lifestyle and wellness expert, mom to three girls, and editor of Mitchbacha's Family Room magazine. On each podcast episode, you will meet incredible women who have empowering, entertaining, and educational messages to share with me and with you. Stick around. It's wild and it's raw, just the way we like it. Welcome to Kale and My Teeth. This is the weekly IG Live to podcast show that I host featuring empowering women on their market niche, discussing life experiences, brand building, all of that good stuff. My name, as you know, is Rifki Rubinowitz. Um, And for any of your followers who are finding me here, I am a lifestyle and wellness blogger, host of Kale and My Teeth, and editor of Family Room Magazine. I didn't know that, actually. Yeah, you're going to learn it all tonight, honey. Yes! (laughs) Come on, yeah. So for any of my followers who are finding you here for the first time, please introduce yourself. My name is Bianca Gasparro. I'm also a lifestyle blogger, new mom, um, a fitness enthusiast, holistic nutritionist, all the things. Um, and I'm so excited to get into this today. <laughs> and I have my own private practice uh, where I see clients virtually and it's called Holistic RX, which is what my Instagram used to be, but I changed it to just my name because I feel like my brand's just evolved over the years and I wanted to yeah. share more than just nutrition stuff and I felt mm-hmm. it was appropriate. So. So it's interesting because I experienced something similar quite a while ago, but it was, uh, I was scared to do it because you see a new name on your feed. You're like, who is this? You know, you worry about unfollowing. It's essentially a rebrand. How did that go for you when you switched it over to your name? I've wanted to do it for so long, but same. I had that fear where people might not recognize the name. They might unfollow. They might, I mean, whatever it is. I mean, if you want to unfollow, you want to unfollow, but, um, one day it actually happened by accident. So I was planning on doing it and planning to do the rebrand. And I actually wanted to change it to a different name. I wanted to change it to my name and my middle name, but that was taken. So I was checking to see if my name was available and I didn't know it would actually change it. I thought it would just tell me if it was available or unavailable and it just accidentally did. And I was like, okay, well, I guess I unintentionally pulled the trigger. So the way I kind of divided our chat in my head is I wanted to talk about three or so topics and I want you to decide what you want to start with. So the topics that came to mind were discussing a little bit about motherhood and under that would fall juggling work and children and things like that. I wanted to talk a little bit about health, wellness and food, discussing a little bit of your habits and, you know, picking your brain from all of your experience and your education And I wanted to talk a little bit about the business side of things and like the influencer industry. So have at it and let me know where you want to start. Um, I mean, we can start from the top. You mentioned motherhood first. So, okay, let's go. Let's go. Great. Let's do it. Well, you mentioned you're a new mom. So just saying, if you want to ask me for any advice, I am a mother to three daughters. My oldest is turning nine in June. And I have a daughter who's turning six in August and a four-year-old. So it's like a sorority around here. Lots of door slamming and tantrums. Um, so if you want to ask me any of that, for sure, here I am for you at that. But I mean, I need all the advice. She's starting to get into like little tantrums. They're cute, right? They're, I don't know. They're, they're cute, I guess. 
You know, it's funny when I realize I'm either really burnt out or really confident in my parenting skills or both when they'd be like, we don't want you. We only want daddy. And like, I used to be like, shoot, like, is that like <laughs> subliminal messaging? I'm not doing it. Now I'm like, okay, honey, let's round them up. Go <laughs> ahead. If you want daddy, like I'm out. What What's really shifted for me is one of my daughters has an especially difficult time regulating. And whereas I used to kind of try to discipline her into what I like felt like was good behavioral patterns, what shifted for me is recognizing that when she is acting out and when she is tantruming, that's not her trying to be disobedient. That's just her not knowing how to express herself. And that in those moments, she actually needs more love and patience, which is obviously hard on me. Mine's too young for that right now, but I think we're going to get there. I try to like divert her in a different direction. So I just got her this like water park thing like the toddler like water where you like fill it with water it comes with like little balls and like whatever and she was obsessed with it she got like all soaked and whatever and it was time to go in so she would not leave today she kept splashing she was like stomping her feet throwing like a mini tantrum I diverted her I like brought her favorite snack outside it was no problem she's like a foodie so no it's so hard it's in any case I want to talk a little bit about how you manage your time with parenting and obviously working, I'm going to assume full time. Yes. Well, we recently got a nanny two-ish months ago, but before that I was taking care of my daughter full time. I was working full time and this was like prime COVID where like I completely burnt myself out. I I mean, my schedule was insane. Like I was so thankful for her longer naps. I would start my email. So I was working after she went to bed from 6.30 to like 9.30, 10.30, sometimes even later, I had to like cut myself off because my eyes were shutting and I completely burnt myself out to the point where I was like, completely crying for no reason. So irritable. I mean, (laughs) we came to a point where I was just like, I need help. And she's like, I mean, she's an angel child, but it was just still like, There's also the mental capacity that's required to try to do well in all of these areas that may not matter equally at the same time, but they all matter. Your career is something you worked hard to build before she came around and you still want to build it. And then she came around and she takes up all of your brain space. And at the same time, you want to keep your relationship, if not like excelling, but at least in maintenance phase, it's a lot. It's And something's got to give. She's my priority, my work, my account, my, my clients, my, my brands that I've been working with um, kind of took a back seat. And it was like, I'm trying to excel on social at a time when everything suddenly shifted to online during COVID. I'm trying to be the best mom I could be. I'm trying to do all these other things in between. And I'm also trying to find my identity. And because I work for myself and because my brand is basically sharing what I do every day, sharing my workouts, sharing, you know, the nutrition aspect of it, all these things. It's like, I have to perform. Well, I don't have the answer either. And when I even say something's got to give, I'm still figuring out what that is. This has come up every episode, but obviously fitness is a huge, meaningful part of my life. So what gave for me is that as opposed to working out for 60 plus minutes, I get in 20 max 30 minutes a day. And that's what's got quote unquote got to give for me. But at the same time, that fitness pillar of my life has not deviated in any way. It still matters to me six times a week. So I don't really feel like that's giving myself the grace that the most evolved version of Rifki should be given. 
I'm, I'm really a work in progress. I know everyone says this, but I actually really feel like I haven't given up the something's got to give yet. I still want to kill it in my career. And then if you actually break down what we, and I say we, cause I, I'm assuming many women with multi-dimensional responsibilities are listening to, if you actually break down the minute details of what you accomplish in a day. We should actually start doing that. We should be writing down every small accomplishment, including the laundry we did, the meal we prepped for our kids, the fact that we actually ate lunch because there have been so many days where I like it hit five o'clock and I'm like, I'm like, no wonder I feel so weak. Like writing down a list of every single accomplishment because you do all these little things that you think are just like things that you have to do throughout the day. That part of ourselves that we need independent of motherhood and wifery and daughter and friend it's completely ours and it helps define our sense of self. And we wouldn't want to get rid of that ever. So you kind of have to check in with that. Especially before we had the nanny. It's like, why, why am I working? Why am I working? Like I could be putting all my energy into my daughter, teaching her all the things I want to teach her, being the best mom I could be like blah, 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 development because I love it because I feel like if I didn't work at the end of the day, I would feel empty. That's my personality. I feel like I have to be on go, go, go. My life goal is for my children not to respect me for how much I've accomplished, but to like me because I'm, I'm, I'm fun and chill. Meaning when my daughter talk about their mothers with their friends, they're not going to be like, and my mother, she did this and she got this award and she spoke on this panel. Yeah. They're going to be like, my mother's cool because everyone wants to hang out in our house because it's so relaxed. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so let me ask you this: Were you nervous when you got pregnant and you know had Gemma and started talking about motherhood? Were you nervous about your followers pivoting with you? I, if you follow me, you kind of know my pregnancy story. Where I got pregnant, we, I mean, 2019 for us was a crazy year. I got pregnant, engaged, married, and had a baby big year. So I was showing up in my personal life and not so much on social where I could have totally, you know, used my platform to kind of share more about pregnancy and the journey, my wedding and all this stuff that I eventually planned on sharing. And of course I was nervous. I think that some people dropped off, um, you know, the younger crowd, I guess that weren't interested in the whole pregnancy thing and just weren't there in their lives. But I also gained a large mom community. So it's shifted, it's transitioned, but I feel like the community now is so much stronger. I mean, I love it. It's funny because obviously I'm a mother and I talk about my kids, but mostly on my lives, I haven't actually, I haven't actually chosen to share my kids on my Instagram. So it's this very interesting thing where obviously I'm a mother. It's the first thing that I lead with, but, but at the end of the day, I haven't made connections like that because of that choice that I've made. So it's, very rewarding to kind of hear the delicious parts of it, given the choice you made. You know what I mean? You know, when I had her, I made myself a promise that I didn't want to turn my page into a mommy blog. Because Mm. for me personally, when I follow certain bloggers that were like fitness focused or style focused or whatever, and then they have the kid and their page just turns into this mommy page of just photos of their kids. I don't like that. Like I want, like, I want to see your kids but I also want to follow you for the reason that I started following Mm -hmm. you for. So I made a conscious decision to show her, obviously she's a huge part of my life, but this isn't a mom blog. Like this isn't just about my baby and I'm not going to be posting all these photos of her. I think you strike that balance really well. I mean, 
is there a reason you chose not what like not to incorporate your kids or was it just you didn't want it to also be a baby mom blog there were a couple reasons number one being I it's it's I'm hyper focused on the boundaries of my Instagram not in a way that I allow it to limit my creativity but you know we're building a house now and I talk about oh are you really yeah oh oh are you okay (laughs) for now (laughs) we're like we're stage one right now so oh honey oh we can talk about that (laughs) I'll talk about like the concepts and my experience with the house build and I'll talk about things like that but I won't necessarily talk about certain design decisions we're making and and showcasing because you can learn from me without needing to see all of it. And I can learn from you without showing you everything. I think that it's an important trait to have as humans. You know, like they say, like the lowest level of conversations talking about people, then medium is things, and then the highest is ideas. Mm -hmm. So like, I kind of just want to stay there in my brain. And that's sort of how I feel about motherhood. Like, is someone's laundry timer? No, I think, is it your vibrator? Your, your... (laughs) yes, that's right. Um, yeah, I, hold on. Actually, let me see if I can just phone is on. Sorry, my phone is on. Do not disturb. <laughs> okay. Uh, In any case, my oldest daughter is super picky. We, you know, we met with a like a a child nutritionist to help find like casual ways to integrate health like meaning healthy minded way, new foods into our diet. We've done everything. With my second and third, we did baby led weaning. I don't know if that's why it worked, but my second will literally sit down to like liver. She'll try like, I know. She'll eat foods. uh, Me neither. She'll eat like sashimi, like nothing scares her. She will, she's like, she'll get down. In any case, my cooking as a parent is very interesting because if you follow me, you would think that, I'm making these colorful, nutrient-dense foods for all my kids. But what they don't realize is very often it's protein pancakes slapped down on a table. And then my second daughter will be eating my her seared tuna arugula salad alongside me. It's how do you figure out what Gemma like to eat? What kind of things do you make for her? What's worked? What hasn't? What are your favorite recipes for her? We went through a serious throwing phase where... Like literally anything I put in front of her, she would literally, her favorite word is uh-oh. So she would oh. literally go, uh-oh, oh my God. and look at the floor <laughs> and she's like, I'm like, it's not uh-oh if it's on purpose. And then like, so I would basically put this meal in front of her. It would be throwing, 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 uh-oh, uh-oh. And then I would eat it and she would want it. So it was basically oh. anything I had on my plate, literally like could be anything and she'll eat it. <laughs> But I'm very conscious about kind of what I expose her to, um, because the way I grew up was uh, my mom, you know, made us green juices before they were very popular and salads and everything was homemade and fairly healthy. So that's kind of what's instilled in me. And I can be given the choice between an unhealthy meal and a healthy meal. And in my mind, I just know I'm going to feel better eating a healthy meal. So most of the time I'll choose the healthier meal. I mean, of course, I love my like pizza, pasta, you know, whatever. But because that's the way I was raised, and I know now that it's just in my genes that I will most of the time make the healthier choice, I Mm. want to do the same with her. I admire um, everything you're saying. And I'm not, 
unaligned or misaligned um, from that like ethos. But I guess where I've kind of, I don't want to say shifted, but because my oldest daughter was so picky, it became more of about a parenting concept than a nutrition concept. So I've kind of taken a very relaxed attitude where I'm hoping that, you know, they say you teach by example, where when she becomes old enough to make those decisions where she actually wants to feel herself in order for me to stay sane and in order for me to not like be at her throat all the time, it taught me a lot of compassion in parenting because she tested what all the goals that I had set for myself. And I learned, I learned compassion through that. But did you feel a certain, did you feel any self-imposed pressure to represent what society tells you wellness looks like, even though you might internally be at peace? A hundred percent. The pregnancy weight gain was a little challenging for me to begin with. Um, And then I think I reached a certain point in my pregnancy where I was embracing my body and actually loved my belly. And then when you have the baby, it's just like this new identity that you kind of have to find not only with your body, with your life and your baby. And I just felt like I had to kind of jump back into my old routine when my body actually was telling me to slow down. And the way I described it to some people is when you sign up for a fitness class and there are different levels, beginner, intermediate, and advanced. And I was in advance. I know exactly what to do. I know my body can handle. I know the, the moves, blah, blah, blah. What after you have a baby and you're clear to work out, you're a beginner. And it's frustrating because you know what to do in the advanced moves. You know what your body can do. You know it did it. But now you're kind of forced to start from square one. And it just can be so frustrating. It's our inner voice that plays tricks on us because intellectually, you know that your self-worth is not tethered to your physicality. But for years, we've been told the narrative that it is. So it's very hard to unlearn that in the span of a year. I, I, I got pregnant right away and I was so young and I was like a sloth like very um, typical um, the way the movies kind of portray pregnancy I was waking up at 3 a.m and like craving hot bread and eating it like I had always been tethered to fitness before then and it was like the only time in my life I took that much time off I I couldn't do it now I don't want to do it now but in any case with my second and third I stayed so vigorously active the whole time which from an outward perspective is something to admire. But if I looked internally, what was going on was that there was so much fear attached to losing my fitness level, as you just discussed, that I was so that I was willing to drive myself to the bone in order to ensure that I wouldn't lose all of my gains and lose like the way I viewed myself, which is the fittest version of myself at any given time. Mm -hmm. I wasn't sprinting slower. I wasn't lifting lighter. Nothing had changed to the day that I went into labor. So much of my self-worth was tied to my identity as being extremely fit that I was willing to risk a lot of things because I actually wasn't supposed to be so active because my pregnancies are high risk during that time. The amount of times I got asked how much weight I gained during pregnancy by women who didn't even have children that knew nothing about pregnancy. It was just like, how much weight have you gained? I know it's that's that's like an I would never ask. And if I answered that question, people would think that I was being restrictive or because I, I, I really don't gain I don't gain very much. But if if you know my history, which by the way, many of my friends don't know this. This is I don't know, I'm just feeling so comfortable to talk about it with you. 
but um, I should have gained more. My goal in each pregnancy was to gain more. Let's talk a little bit about some of your favorite wellness habits. If somebody who's listening or watching is a novice in, you know, trying to level up their health, what are a couple of habits that you could recommend that you really feel will create a good foundation for future good habits? A morning routine, I think has made the biggest difference. And you hear that from so many people, but it's so true. The trick is to finding your own. You cannot copy someone's morning routine that you see on Instagram that they're doing, you know, 500 workouts and a meditation and then journaling and then doing all these like health things and taking all these like just no. A morning routine could be one thing and it has to work for your schedule and you have to be consistent with it. I just found like the most efficient way to work out was to do what I could do in 20 minutes and not to set a time limit for myself to say, you know, today I'm really going to like smash a 45 minute workout because if I don't do it, I'm not going to feel accomplished. I'm actually not going to recognize the 20 minutes that I put into it. I'm actually going to focus on what I couldn't do. So I feel like I got off track Mm -hmm. and I'm just talking about my workouts, but setting a realistic goal for yourself in the morning. So for me was a 20 minute workout. And then every day I would have things that I implemented. So I started drinking chlorophyll water, which is this dark green shit that I have here. And I feel like that's made a big difference in my overall like energy levels. And ever since Gemma started eating solid foods, I would make a smoothie for the both of us. So that was Mm -hmm. part of my wellness routine and that worked for our schedule a quick walk around the block made a huge difference in not only my mental health, but it got me moving. It got her outside. Um, so I'm checking a lot of boxes with these small things that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started journaling also. And I feel like all of these things kind of stemmed from the anxiety that I've been feeling and the focus on mental health that I started prioritizing during COVID. No, I love it. I, um, I, if, if there's one thing I want to be known for, and I'm, sarcastic um this is hyperbole but um the like creating that alone time for yourself to kind of anchor yourself before your day begins is something that I I'm a firm believer in but I have two points that I want to add not but and I have two points I want to add the first being um if you find that waking up early feels un like intimidating overwhelming just not feasible these are habits that you can pepper throughout your day so if you're like, well, I really I have been interested in picking up journaling or I do want to try any of these things, but I'm just a night owl and that's your thing. That's totally fine. It shouldn't turn you off from the concept. You are not more righteous, more healthy or better just because you get up at five or six in the morning. Um, it's like what we've been saying this whole time to get it in when you can. So I feel can like I that's just say that 530 will never be a thing for me. it's a half an hour difference that you're just grit in your eyes no it's never gonna happen for me and I just want to prep like I want to say that all of these things that I just mentioned don't happen before Gemma wakes up maybe one of them maybe if I'm lucky oh my gosh I love it so much and I also want to say to anybody who is watching this later I have two blog posts that were very helpful I wrote down as I was experiencing my journey into becoming more of a morning person the first being how to create your kind of personal schedule for when you want to get up based on when you want to go sleep, based on how many hours of sleep you need. Mm -hmm. So some mornings I only need 20 minutes, some mornings I need an hour and a half, but I kind of create the same structure so that my circadian rhythm is consistent. 
And um, the other blog post was inspired by a podcast with Jay Shetty, where he was talking about that a lot of times we're getting enough hours of sleep, but we're still fatigued. Mm-hmm. So how to amplify how restorative your sleep is. So habits to, I don't want to say integrate because there's things you're already doing, but just to be mindful of, um, to ensure your actual sleep hours help you feel more rested. Like the so, phone before bed and, and shutting off electronics and all that. Well, well, yeah. And just like, you know, they say like only have one cup of coffee a day. Well, the science yes. behind that, which I'm sure, you know, sorry, I don't want to say one cup of coffee, but after a certain time before bed, not to drink it. Basically what happens is there's a chemical in your body called adenosine, which tells your body when you're tired. What caffeine does is it blocks the adenosine from being released so that you're no longer fatigued. When you have coffee and then the caffeine stimulants leave your body, you get this massive crash of fatigue at an inconvenient time, but you're still somewhat wired. So it's hard to fall asleep. It was very insightful to me because these are things that you're like, I know I should be doing it, but am I just speaking Instagramese or do I really understand why? Yeah. I think it's always important to do your research when you see yeah. something wellness related or anything. Um, I always say this. I don't think that you should ever be doing anything that you see on Instagram without making sure it's right for you and doing your own research behind it. Um, Thank you. Asked Thank you. This is peppermint tea with chlorophyll. Of course it is. Yes. One of the best things, and I bring this up every episode, is I drink holy basil Tulsi tea. If you guys want to buy it, it's in both of my Amazon shops for Canada and US. Basically, what is within that tea is adaptogens, which as they sound, help you adapt to stress. So having them throughout the day is also one of the habits which help you prepare your body for sleep and not just kind of crash and burn. Yes. Also, ashwagandha is another really good one for that. So how do you, how do you integrate that into your diet? Um, I mean, it comes in either powder form or capsule form. I get the capsule form just because it's so much easier to take and you take them midday. Um, I don't drink caffeine every day. Um, I actually gave up coffee a couple of years ago before Mm. I was pregnant. And then I was Mm. getting crazy migraines when I was pregnant. So my doctor told me to add it back in to help with the migraines and actually did help. But then I missed coffee. So I was drinking it way more. And it took a little bit of time because I, I knew that I didn't want to rely on it the way I used to. So it took a little bit of time, but now I don't need caffeine every day. I, I will drink my rule is I drink coffee specifically when I'm either lacking sleep or I'm just, I didn't get a good night's sleep or I'm just really tired. Otherwise, if I had a great night's sleep, I'm either having a green juice for energy or a matcha or nothing, and I'm totally fine. Um, But specifically on the days when I am drinking coffee, because I know my body reacts so sensitively to the caffeine, um, I am taking a double dose of ashwagandha. So again, Mm. it's just, it's a Chinese herb adaptogen, Mm. and it comes in pill form, capsule form, and I'll just take it midday. Mm, I love and that. It's, yeah. And it's not something that like, I always tell this to my clients because I tell them what it's supposed to do and they expect to take this magic pill and to feel super calm after adaptogens work over time and they work slowly. And it's all about taking them consistently. It's not mm-hmm. a magic pill. That's going to completely get rid of your stress, even though I wish it was, um, yeah. but it's just something that you have to take every day and it helps with right. your adrenals. Something that you just said about sleep. Oh, it's funny. My husband always makes fun of me because like when you know this kind of knowledge, 
sometimes you almost wish you didn't so that you could just have that coffee. But like, I'll say to my husband, like, you know, I, I had I, like, I needed an extra large coffee today. And, and I feel like what I really needed, I was dehydrated, I should have had more water. You know, like, you, you I'll, it's like a, like a negative self talk is what I'm trying to say. And my husband will look at me and he'll be like, you had coffee, move on. Because yeah. sometimes, you know what I mean? Like, like, sometimes I get ahead of myself where I'm like, well, if, if I was self aware, I would recognize that because I didn't eat, you know, X amount, I therefore, and so I'm blocking that with coffee. And he looks at me and he's like, take a deep breath. (laughs) I'm like, I'm so humiliated. You're right. You're so right. (laughs) You know, like the difficulty is not learning the narrative. The difficulty is not in speaking about the narrative. The difficulty is in implementing and practicing that level of self-awareness all the time. I have been doing this headspace course on reducing stress for about it's like a 10 day course I've been doing it for like a year and a half (laughs) (laughs) and um you know it tells you to revert like to to do the exercise throughout the day and that's the work the 10 minutes that I meditate a day is not the work that's not the work no it's showing up every day to meditate it's and exactly but it's exactly and it's implementing those strategies like you know, it's okay, you've learned, you've gone to medical school, or how are you going to be in the emergency room? Like, are you going to know how to implement these strategies? Yeah. Um, let me tell you something, honey. This was like a therapy session for me. I loved it. I loved it too. We covered maybe 15%, but that is exactly the way I like it to be because this was a natural and organic conversation. We'll have to do a part two for the other. I think so. I think so. You know, I, I write a very ambitious question list, recognizing we'll get to, if it's a good interview, we won't get the wall. Well, I'm here to answer any questions that you want, but I feel like we have to do a part two. Okay. Yes, I'm down. So let all of the listeners know where they can stalk you, pump yourself up. Uh, my Instagram and my TikTok are both Bianca Gasparo. I'm working on my TikTok. Um, and my website is myholisticrx.com. It will soon be biancagasparo.com. I'm making some brand changes at the moment, but everything is pretty much Bianca Gasparo. And I have a link tree in my Instagram bio with all of my links to my website, my YouTube, my TikTok, my Amazon page. Oh, you are a pleasure and a delight. And I'm so happy we had this conversation. So thanks oh, for being on. Too. Me too. Thanks for having me. I love this. Fine. And we'll do part yes. two together. And that's all for today, you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Listen, if you've enjoyed this episode, I would love if you subscribed. And if you're really next level vibing, leave me a positive review so we can keep the circle of positivity going. Of course, you can find our guests' information in the show notes and find more of me on my Instagram and website at Rifki Rabinowitz and RifkiRabinowitz.com. Have a good one, okay? Stay cool.